That's amazing. Might need might need another might need another pass at that one. All right, all right. Let's uh let's get it going. Three, two, one. Welcome back to another episode of the F1 Files. I am your host, Corey Willis, and with me is John Lapore. Corey, what are we here to do today? Oh, what a smooth, smooth transition that was. Uh, not pre-planned <laughs> whatsoever. Sorry to pull the curtain back immediately. Um, uh, this is a Formula One podcast, uh, mostly centered around Formula One fandom in the United States of America. Uh, we are going to cover what happened this week, uh, what is uh, uh, going on currently with the race weekends, and then we are going to make some predictions along the way. But it's still the preseason, so we are uh, going to be uh, messing with the format. F***ing with the format, if you will. Uh, <laughs> right, on, right on. Yeah, right on, baby. Um, yeah, so, uh, Johnny, what, uh, what, what, did you, what did you notice this week? What happened in the world of Formula One? All right, so as you said, it's, it's uh, preseason, uh, but there's still some really interesting things shaking out. Um, the probably biggest story of the week is all tied to... Uh, the way that Formula One is evolving around this situation with Russia uh, continuing. We're now, this is our second podcast episode where Russia has been on a full-on invasion of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're, we're seeing that affect the sport in a couple different ways. The biggest of which has had to do with the Haas Formula One team. Yes. Uh, we touched on this a little bit uh, last week, and it was it was we were certain this was what was going to happen, but the news was finally made official this week. Uh, Nikita Mazepin is out of the Haas Formula One team uh, for the the fact that he is a, uh, a deeply has deep ties with his family to Putin. He brings with him an enormous sponsor mm -hmm. that is effectively a sponsor that's carrying the Haas Formula One team by the, all. Their title sponsor. Yeah. yeah. They are their title sponsor. Um, so that is, uh, that's that's going to be a really big deal for uh, the Haas team. And it's something for them to solve and, and figure out. But I think also there's sort of a degree to which uh, many fans and folks surrounding Formula One are pretty happy just to say uh, bye, Nikita. Yeah, yeah, peace out. Um, I'm one of those fans. I believe that you are, uh, I don't mean to speak for you, but uh, judging by your 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 smug grin. I was, I was uh, trying so hard to make it sound like bye, Felicia, and it doesn't, uh, it, it's close, no, but it's, no, uh, it's, yeah. Um, I need I need some uh, maybe I'll, I'll make an ice cube gif after we record this. There and, we go. Uh, We'll, yeah. we'll get that to make some traction about three days late. But uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, like no, nobody's I don't think yeah. there's anybody that's really uh, sad to see this guy go. I think I saw the the um, the stat that in 2021, he mm. spun 21 times and finished 20 races. Uh, yes. So mm. literally has more <laughs> spins than race starts in the 2021 season which was the first full season 
of Formula One for yeah, him. Yeah, I, I said finishes. He actually had significantly fewer finishes than than twenty. Yeah, um, he did yeah, not finish uh, all those races. Hot, but yes, hot, yeah, yeah, hot mess of a brief career in Formula One. And uh, Corey, do you think we're going to see him ever come back? Uh, I certainly hope not. Uh, as a very biased fan here, um, uh, I say fan. Uh, as like, as in fan of the sport, not as fan of Makita. Um, <laughs> I don't think that there are too many of them, but uh, I, I don't think that he's going to come back. However, I did see his statement and it was a supremely diplomatic statement. Uh, I think that as the son of an oligarch, he is really, really good at navigating social situations and he has been really really good which is why he's parlayed it into a formula one career um as uh the the last of the gentleman drivers uh let's say <laughs> um uh I, I i hesitate to put him in that class there's a phenomenal little uh, uh short film about the gentleman drivers uh if you subscribe to the f1 tv uh, uh network slash podcast um, not podcast uh, slash um, uh, app. Um, there's there's a great little spiel on the gentleman drivers and how like Nikita Mazepin does not fit in that category whatsoever. It's like mm. literal like lords and dukes and like uh, um, there's a there's the first F1 driver uh, who was a female was like technically a gentleman driver like she was in mm -hmm. the sport because she paid her way into it. Um, but like it's, I, and it's I think crazy. of I, I when I think of gentleman driver, I don't think of Formula One. I think of other sports, but I think of specifically, I think of Steve McQueen yes. and Paul Newman. Who like, yes. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense when you hear when you hear gentleman driver and you think Steve McQueen decided to kind of like pay his way into a race that doesn't sound that dirty. It doesn't sound that scummy. No. It doesn't sound like you know. It sounds it, it's you know it sounds uh, it sounds right and it sounds, sounds appropriate right. to the idea of like you know he he already had his leather you know driving gloves on that morning and he just decided to swing by the racetrack and Why jump not? into a competition it was you know, like what the hell uh uh he opened up the glove box and just like uh a ridiculous flurry of hundred dollar bills started coming out and he was like ah, ah and it just happened to be near a race like a, like a like, john woo film like doves in a john woo <laughs> yeah, movie hundred dollar yeah. bills flying everywhere he's you know uh, just pulling like out a European pull cigarette over. and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But he like pulls over to like tuck all the dollar bills back in, uh, and <laughs> he just happens to pull into a racetrack. And they're like, "Sir, what are you doing with this?" And he's like, "Ah, here, just take this money." And they're like, "Just get in the race." Um, but yeah, I think that uh, <laughs> that's how that's how Steve McQueen that's it. Made it. That's that is that that was exactly uh, how the history unfolded. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I think that Nikita has left his uh, left his options open with the statement that he made. He did say, and he's not incorrect here, that he was doing everything that the FIA asked of him. He had dropped the Russian flag. He was willing to uh, race as someone who is not Russian, um, but they still axed him. Uh, uh, Haas axed him, not the FIA, not F1, but... Um, what F1 did do is they canceled their relationship with the promoter of the Russian Grand Prix. So this goes a step further than what we talked about last week, where we had the Russian Grand Prix was kind of put on ice. Sorry for the uh, shitty um, 
uh, pun, but like <laughs> they quite literally had like they put them uh, in, in in limbo because they were like, you can't we can't in good conscience hold a Grand Prix with Russia invading Ukraine, which was a very soft statement, but the, the most firm statement I've ever seen the FIA or F1 make about a political event. Um, so they kind of nixed the, the Grand Prix, but then they went through with severing ties with the promoter of the race. And this fully, this means that there will be no Russian Grand Prix this year. There almost certainly will not be one next year or the next several years. I think that they'd like signed like, a 10-year contract with them or something like that? Like, it was... My, my understanding is the whole contract is null and void at this point. It's now, they are, yeah. They are killing it. Um, yeah, which and, I think they should. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is a, a, one of those things that I... It's so rare that an actual... That a sport can make a statement that has actual real consequences. And if you look at what they've done, the reason why they've... That Haas has canceled Nikita's contract is because of his father's direct ties to Vladimir Putin. And I think that is a righteous reason for them to cancel that contract. And I also think that it's righteous of F1 to say, hey, the people who are putting on this event are these hyper elite people who run in the close personal circle of Vladimir Putin. If we're going to take money out of their pockets, that's a direct effect that they can have on this conflict. And it's, I think that like, I'm being like holier than thou because I love this sport and uh, it's nice to see them finally do something in good conscience and for right and just reasons instead of just to save face. Uh, But I do think that that's like an actual thing that F1 should be praised over Um, that they're making like a real statement by saying, we're not putting money in the pockets of these people who are committing actual war crimes. I think that that's a positive thing for F1 to do. So, yeah, I I think given and, and, you know, as as you're stating, I think so much of what you're feeling is based on a lot of Formula One history and what we've come to expect from the 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 sport and the sports governing body. Maybe maybe during, you know, in between races sometime this season, we should do an episode where we just talk about the like hilariously disgusting Mr. Burns-esque yeah. past of the governing body of this sport. And, you know, I mean, from Bernie to Max Mosley and, uh, you know, yeah, all Ber- of... Bernie, uh, Bernie's just the most recent villain in, like, the history of the sport, but, like, Max Mosley is, like, our, like, you know, the, the people who got us into the sport, he's their uh, Bernie. Um but like, there's a picture yeah. that's if you, yeah. yeah if, you, a, if you don't know the Max Mosley story, don't spoil uh, it for yourself right now. It's no, uh, no. It's, it's it's it is spectacular. It is it, it is, is next level. Uh, wouldn't would be too ridiculous in in fiction for for anyone yeah. to believe it. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so so uh, no more Russian Grand Prix and mm-hmm. uh, by Nikita. Um, what what else have we had popping off this week? Uh, so we have had uh, Max Verstappen signing the longest, largest contract with uh, a, a constructor with uh, with a team, um, which will now make him one of the most committed drivers to a team. 
Um, so he now is a, a a committed Red Bull driver from before he turned 18. I think he started when he was 17. And this contract, if he sees it out, would put him at 31, I think, um, uh, by the time he finishes this contract, which is like just it's unheard of. Um, you don't have career, uh, drivers with teams. That's not a thing that happens. Um, uh, this is horrifying to me, the implications of what this means with him signing this contract, uh, as, and, and I think, uh, I think Max is an amazing driver and I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see the challenge that, that they, will bring this season but i uh i'm i'm so worried that this means that this is a super crystal clear signal that red bull are set to dominate once again in this new era because yeah. i don't and i don't think there's there there is an information out there on how big the contract is financially right is that something that's uh, floated I around i think it's it's unsubstantiated, but it looks like it is, and I don't know, uh, even being fresh from the European circuit, uh, I do not know what the conversion <laughs> uh, dollar to euro is, but I think it was something around 44 um, uh, million euro a year or 40 million okay. euro a year. Some, something just outlandish. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, that's that's insane. That's yeah. pretty ridiculous. Like 50, but the, $50 million or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But the thing to me is that I don't think at this point in this guy's career, immediately after winning his first world championship, yeah. I don't think you, I don't think the money informs this decision one bit. I don't think it is in any way got anything to do with the money because if you're max verstappen what do you, you know what's you know uh 10 million a year versus 3 million a year compared to yeah winning more championships yeah and if he's signed up for five damn years then That's- that means he's feeling very confident that in that five years he's got at least three more championships and it and it it brings me back to this idea of Lewis Hamilton making the jump from McLaren to Mercedes McLaren yeah. one of the front runners of the grid one of the uh most iconic teams in the sport and a team with which he won two championships yeah and then to jump to Mercedes on a on a whim and not only well not a certainly not on a whim but to yeah, leave was, behind yeah. and he had this tremendous history with McLaren and you know was basically raised by by Ron Dennis um yes. you know since yeah. uh, since being a child had Ron Dennis whispering in his ear and and whatnot for Hamilton to make that jump to Mercedes it wasn't because there was a juicy contract or anything like that no. it was because he got a peek inside behind the curtain of Mercedes and he understood that they were going to be best situated to become the next dominant team. And it even took, uh, two seasons, three seasons, a couple years. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very few wins and very few. Yeah. Yeah. 
but boy, but boy, did that pay off. And he mm-hmm. was a part of this unbelievably dominant team. And so I, I have to believe that there's something very similar that is happening with Max Verstappen's uh, intel on what the future of Red Bull holds. Well, this is, this is, this, there's also um, just as like a uh, uh, reading, you know, kind of reading the cards uh, for Honda to have reversed their decision uh, to go, mm, wait a second, we actually do want to stay in Formula One. That's just as big, if not bigger for me uh, to like see, to see Honda, uh, a legendary team, a team that has built the Formula One culture out in maybe one of the most uh, um dedicated fan uh, basis uh uh in in the history of the sport other than like the tifosi the japanese fan base um is so massive right like for honda to go hey actually we're gonna stay in formula one because we think that red bull are on to something and we think that max is on to something and this is like yeah, uh, I mean that's 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 a big deal because that's enormous business. That's enormous yeah. uh, amounts of capital that they yeah. are committing to putting capital into this and, and that, resource and, and stress and, and legacy. And, and the reason f- the reason for them to back away is just because they were feeling like okay, we've invested this money back into the sport and we're not doing so hot, and that yeah. makes us look bad. Yeah. It doesn't do any. It doesn't do anything with our investment if we're not. Uh, if we're not winning championships, basically, and so yeah, it's uh, I th- I think that's a huge factor. That's another sort of key gambler that you want to keep your eyes on the decisions yeah. that they're making. So that's that's something, and and I, I think that uh, uh, unfortunately uh, Perez is kind of getting lost in this um, in like these moves that Red Bull uh, are making, and I I. I, I Look, as as a Hamilton fan, uh, um, I'm very hesitant to be like, I want to see Checo do well. But like, I think Perez has some of the best raw talent and uh, uh, like driver sense on this grid. Um, and I think that wherever he goes, he has shown that he can adapt and become a great driver. And it's upsetting and kind of frustrating to see Red Bull go, hey, we're going to give Max a five-year contract, right? Um, after Checo's performance last year and go, hey, we're gonna give uh we're gonna give you a one-year contract. We're gonna like stick with like the way that we do business, which is we just dole out one-year contracts to anyone who is not Max Verstappen uh at the most. And we can also uh bounce you out of that one-year contract if and when we please. Um, based on your like quarter season performance. So I, I, I don't, I hope that Checo continues to show up and continues to put in solid numbers and solid performances, not more solid than Lewis or George, but like, I want to see. No, I think, I think Checo's a know? huge talent. Um, I yeah. think, and, and it's interesting. I felt like in Abu Dhabi, he, took the role of the number two driver and dignified it in a way yeah. that we've never seen before. And I used yeah, to see, no, you know, no, no when disrespect you think of to Valtteri, no disrespect to Nico, but yes, it was, I mean, one- even, even uh, Rubens Barrichello, you know, like you think of yeah. these guys as being the pet of 
the number one driver and it and it didn't feel that way at all i mean it, it's i guess it's i guess it's very clear and it's transparent that you know max is the dominant driver but there was something that really spoke to the sense of like he wouldn't have he wouldn't have been there no without no. checo no. in that no in way. that race and There's i no thought way. that was incredible i thought that was really sensational and i think during the race it was the most exciting story up until the explosive end of the race and i and i think yeah. a lot of folks almost forgot about that but uh really really awesome to see that and i think there's there's a, a an almost new form of like valor uh that we haven't seen applied to that that number two driver position in the sport that I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot more of in 2022 which i i, I hope to see i i mean i i hope to see it and i hope to see uh george kind of step into a role like that um where he is able to defend in like a dignified way and I, I don't expect that. I I sort of no? think it's okay. gonna. I think it's gonna be George trying to take a swipe at you know the top position and maybe maybe in some moments having a chance to shine, um, but in others certainly certainly not. And I think you know it, it won't be. He won't be happy to say I'll be the rear gunner on on this ship. Okay. You know, he's going to he's going to be saying, no, I want I want my hands on the flight stick and I want to, you know, I want I want control of uh, of this race. If if the opportunity falls into my hands, I, I, I do. I would love to see George step up, but I just want him to be able to learn as much from Lewis without overtaking Lewis as possible. <laughs> um, uh, I just really want to see uh, Hamilton win one more championship. I'm happy to watch him pass the torch. Um, especially to uh, a George Russell or a Lando Norris. But um, uh, I, I do want to see uh, Lewis win just one more time. Um, uh, so uh, uh, just let, let's move on from, from Red Bull here uh, and, and talk uh, just real briefly about um, the, the other bit of news that's like kind of was behind the scenes, uh, which was um, – they did announce who will be replacing uh, Michael Massey as uh, race director. So we have uh, two people who are going to be uh, alternating race directors. Now, I don't know what that means, if that means they're going to be doing two races on, two races off, every other race, uh, or if like they're going to be uh, dedicated. One, one lap on, one lap off. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, there, there's still a little bit of mystery involved there. Um, but there are two people uh, who are going to be in there, and I'm going to probably butcher uh, both of their names. Um, the first is uh, Niels uh, uh, Wittich, um, uh, and the second one is uh, Eduardo Freitas. Uh, and they are going to step in as uh, the, the the race directors, uh, so that will split the responsibility of the race directors. So no longer will these teams have the opportunity to speak directly to uh, the team principals like Toto Wolf um, uh, or um, uh, or Domenico. Wait, now is Domenicali the the Ferrari? No, it's uh, Binotto. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember. 
uh, uh, goofy hair, uh, goofy hair guy um, uh, at Ferrari. Sorry. Uh, um, yeah, uh, or, uh, uh, or Christian will not have the ability to speak directly to these race directors. Um, and I think that that's a good thing. Uh, but also there was something that was like sneakily and understatedly uh, put through, which is the race director no longer has the ability to change the safety car protocol uh, during those last laps. They just like swept that under the carpet real quick to be like, oh, and by the yeah. way, uh, we can't change the way that the race works at the very end of the race. Um, that's no longer under the purview of the race director, which it never should have been. Uh, and the only reason why they had to make that change was because of what happened at the end of last year, which again, not to say that Max did not deserve a championship. It's just that he did not deserve that championship because it was given to him by a decision of the race director. And they changed the rule. If they hadn't changed this rule, I would have been able to be like, okay, let you can just let it go. But they literally changed the rule and kept it like very quiet that they had changed this one thing about the race. And it was like, hmm. I, I still I still think the race director should have some sort of like, you know, uh gladiators in the Coliseum level of control over the race and just be able to be like, you know what, this race is getting a little a little boring. Let's throw Mr. Bean and a Yugo okay. out onto the track <laughs> and make all the other drivers dodge yeah. him. Uh, going going the wrong way, going yeah, oncoming traffic He's style, going the wrong way uh, while trying to like fix T uh, in in the in the in the front passenger. Let's seat. let's have a a family of you know baby ducklings crossing at at turn five. Yes, you know, let's let's do uh, a, a landslide uh, going through Eau Rouge. You know, uh, like, yeah. I want to. I want to see all the racer. Um, I, I want to see. Yeah, exactly. All the all the wild cards. Bring yeah. bring it on. Like they activate the jack stands uh, arbitrarily <laughs> on the track, <laughs> um, uh, and the cars just like uh, fully do somersaults. Um, Pirelli is told to circulate like at least like four exploding tires uh into oh wait they've actually done that before oh Never whoops mind. that's uh oh oops. Um, yeah uh all right so uh um that's i just wanted to to real briefly touch on on that because uh not to not, again not to take anything away from verstappen but when you have a rule that is changed because of what happened it kind of means what happened shouldn't have happened um uh i'm trying to be as vague and as like when when do you think we're gonna stop alluding to this when does this <sighs> it's just so upsetting <laughs> when, does, when does when does this get out of the out of the system i'll be i'll be excited to see uh how it unfolds in uh yes uh uh, uh what is it drive to survive uh which comes out in a few days comes out yeah. on march 11th yeah um, yeah so uh so you know cue up your your netflix i'm i'm tempted almost just to skip the whole season and just jump right to the uh the the final episodes and uh just see you know see if it's enough to get me to stand up and scream at my television again yeah um, oh god i it's it's i just don't love watching it over and over again but i'm going to watch it over and over again um 
Yeah, let's uh let's so let's let's move on here, uh Johnny. Uh so what do we got coming up this this week? Um uh uh with F1. We're 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 in we're in kind of one of those um not by weeks, but uh in one of those uh lulls where we're not seeing any action at the track. Um but what's what's going on? Yeah, I mean, uh, no question, the biggest piece of action this week is going to be uh, Drive to Survive hitting hitting Netflix um, yeah. on on uh, March uh, 11th. But uh, a day before that, I believe we are uh, lining up at Bahrain for the second yeah. round of preseason testing, and I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see if. Um, there's, there's a little more of, uh, David Hobbs, amazing formula one commentator who, uh, was, was commenting on the races, providing wonderful color commentary, uh, through my entire lifetime watching F1 and, and, uh, didn't, uh, we don't hear him these days because in the United States we get the, the European sky sports feed, but, uh, he used to always say, you know, it was everyone would do this bit of posturing up until the last second. And it would be, you know, that they would be waiting until that last moment where they would all pull their pants down and look at each other's willies. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering, and, and I don't think, I don't think Bahrain, I don't think there will be pants down, but there might be some like flies unzipping a little bit, or there might be some, some belts loosening, maybe a little like, you know, lower abdomen, you know, muscle tone showing. Oh, wow. Uh, Some, uh, but, yeah. But, yeah, that, <laughs> that D'Angelo that zone, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> there, there might be a little bit of that. And I'm curious what that will reveal. And it does make me wonder, you know, how much posturing, you know, we've seen so far. And if, uh, you know, Mercedes has been at the top of the charts in the first round of testing, which is mm-hmm. not surprising and not unexpected. Um, but it still makes me wonder how much are they holding back or how much more are others holding back? And I'm getting increasingly nervous about this Red Bull. Um, yeah. What do you what do you think is the the hot story going into our second round of testing? So I think that the the Ferrari is uh, is really the one that came out kind of uh, pants down um, in that first uh, <laughs> first bit of testing. I think that they really Just showed... went straight to the went straight to the urinal, dropped the pants all the way to the all floor, to the like floor. to socks yeah. level. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, like you hear the belt hitting that uh, the, <laughs> the, the tile. Um, uh, that's that's uh, that's the Ferrari, um, and they looked really really promising the red bull looks interesting but uh there was i i i I was saying i can't remember where i heard this from um which is the perfect way to talk about a rumor uh which is the mercedes uh supposedly may be doing what they did back in 2019 which is somehow some way they are going to come with what is known as a b-spec car uh, to the second round of testing. Uh, so what what happens with uh, B-spec cars are, this is from like the olden days uh, of, of pre-cost cap days, uh, where basically you would show up, you'd had like unlimited testing, unlimited time in a wind tunnel, even though there wasn't really a wind tunnel um, uh, setup that existed. It was more just open testing. 
um, that, that took place in the old days, uh, where you could get a car that wasn't working for you. So you were like, you know what? We'll scrap that. We'll go with the other design instead of the reason, like we didn't follow the spec all the way through with this a spec car. We kind of had this B spec that like we didn't develop, um, but looked promising. And that is supposedly what Mercedes may be doing uh, again in 2022. So they did this in 2019, um, but they did it through like the sheer might of engineering. Uh, now, if you were, uh, uh, John, um, if you were to, to bring a new amount of parts to, uh, to a car after spending two weeks um, with like, a whole bunch of resources. I mean, not like unlimited resources, but like millions of dollars uh, at your disposal. Um, about how many parts do you think you would upgrade on your car um, uh, after like two weeks? Ooh, uh, I don't even know where to start here. So I'd say like, well, you'd bring like a whole like front wing, you know, you bring a whole new nose yeah. and maybe yep. there's an argument to be made that like the new nose isn't a new nose, but the new nose is like an amalgamation of like 20 different, parts and flaps and bits yeah. and whatnot uh you would bring certainly a, a a new rear wing so that's let's say another 20 bits and pieces yeah. uh you'd put uh, a different uh form of expandable gas into the tires so and there's four tires so <laughs> now i'm up to 44 <laughs> new parts yeah. and uh you know maybe there's like a new high flow straw on the driver's like drinking tube yeah uh, so yeah. so yeah 40 45 new new pieces of the car that's my that's my guess maybe maybe they could double that and do mm. 90 i don't yeah. i don't even you know, uh, given, given their unlimited resources. Yeah. So, um, uh, what Mercedes did, uh, after two weeks in 2019, um, was they upgraded 1500 parts, um, <laughs> on the car, uh, in two weeks time. So that is, uh, what Mercedes is capable of, uh, after like noticing that their car wasn't exactly how it needed to be. Um, so, just to fifteen hundred, one thousand so, five hundred plus. So like yeah. So I mean, I think at that point it's like, well, how many things, how many pieces did you not change exactly. on the car? And that's you know, and that's where they're like, uh, the uh, you know, the the seatbelts were the same. We used exactly. the same. Yeah, we we used the same. <laughs> used, we used the same harnesses. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, but we did like change how they were oriented. But like they, we yeah. used the same harnesses. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so they literally changed um, uh, fifteen hundred pieces on that car um, just to and, get the results. So I mean, and and at this point, my understanding is like when you when you get to this point and you're talking about like parts on the car, it's probably yeah. not even parts on the car anymore it's probably like a complete it's literally was just a different car to begin exactly. with that they had you know and it's not something you know it's not like they're in the in you know they they took the car that they were running in barcelona back back home and you know took a bunch of pieces off of it and put a bunch of other pieces on but that there's like potentially an entirely separate chassis that yeah. they've been co-developing this whole time which and, is you know they they're they're not supposed to be doing that but that's like ways that the teams um the the way that they can develop their cars the way that they can develop and this is like some of that like 
uh, some of those shenanigans, uh, some of that shit that uh, that 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 enters uh, enters into the sport, which is I love you, I love it so much. <laughs> you you engineer a part of the car so that it does not behave optimally, which that's like another thing that like I think maybe Alpine is doing. Um, they're engineering a car that performs extremely well, but when a reliability issue comes up it's catastrophic. So Alpine may have found like a secret way to develop their car and their motors uh, over the next several years when they have this like engine freeze uh, where they're like, Hey, you you can't make your engine any better. Um, they may have found a sneaky way to do that uh, in a way that um, is, is, is even more clever because it's done through a mechanical engineering standpoint versus like an aerodynamic engineering standpoint. Right. Um, I so, I love the I love the shittery so much. I can't get so enough of that. I, I really wish the I wish the formula could be more open, and I I appreciate why it's not for the sake of you know yeah. encouraging competition. But when you used to see back in the day the wild stuff like the fan car, oh. uh, the the car with six wheels, you know, I want to see what would happen. So when, wild if they you just know, someone it that's. Up. Yeah. yeah, when when someone in the middle of the field are just like, fuck it, we're gonna run the the hovercraft that Jackie Chan is driving <laughs> and rumble in the Bronx and yeah. just see how it does. Put a whole uh, bunch of spins just, on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're um, gonna cut every corner straight across the grass and uh just see uh see what that does for us. Yep. Um so that's that's something that's interesting. The the, the last little thing uh to say about that twenty nineteen Mercedes versus what they showed up. Uh, with at the the final round of testing is they not only engineered a b-spec car but they uh implemented uh some of the components that they saw at that first round of testing into their cars so if you look at um the the stacked t-wing in the back of that car uh that was something that they pulled from ferrari because ferrari was like oh we're using a stack Mm -hmm. t-wing to create these little vortices to make the car stick to the ground better in the back and mercedes was like hey since we're adding different components let's just add what we know works for other cars further downstream right so you may see some interesting new side pods on the new mercedes um, you may see something different with the floor, the way that they channeled that, uh, some of that, that air away from those side pods and down under the floor, kind of the way that you saw the, the McLaren doing and the way that you saw, uh, the, the, uh, the, the Aston Martin doing. So just, I'm, I'm interested to see that. I'm very interested, uh, in addition to the drive to survive nonsense, uh, that I'm going to be binging. Uh, I'm going to be uh, all sorts of keyed into uh, uh, tech speak and being like, oh, what have they done? What have they changed? Uh, how new does the car look? Or uh, how how the same does the car look, but how different is the performance? So, yeah, looking, looking forward to that. Um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise... Uh, let's, uh, let's get out of here. Um, uh, we had a light week, but we made it a full, uh, episode, John, um, uh, which is not surprising. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, I'm, I'm getting, getting more and more excited. I think, uh, there will be plenty to discuss in that lead up. And as we've been talking about, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just sort of, we're, we're going to start getting into full fever mode in the next two weeks, uh, getting all, getting all revved up. Do you, what's your, 
Uh, when Bahrain race happens, what's your race watching scenario real quick? How are you, how are you going to consume the race? Um, I will, it's be- at, it's at a, it's at a reasonable time actually for both of us. I believe it's 11 in the morning East coast time, which puts it at, you know, you could, you could actually set your alarm clock and catch yeah. that, that baby on the West coast. Yeah, I can have like a. I'm gonna have a proper breakfast and uh, watch the race from uh, from my couch right over here, um, uh, and actually wake up my neighbors real early <laughs> with uh, the sounds of screaming motors, uh, which they're used to at this point. Um, I have to assume that they're used to it because they've been getting it for the past uh, year plus here. So. Um, and even yeah. and even next week, they'll just be hearing the sound of screaming Gunther Steiner coming through your Netflix account. You know exactly. Yeah, uh, I, I'm very excited to uh, see what they do with the uh, Haas episode because uh, there are rumors that there's a huge like Haas and Nikita uh, episode that is happening uh, this. <laughs> this year so i'm excited to see uh what they do with that if they keep it Some in there dramatic in last there. second edits happening on on that episode yeah. uh yeah oof. um a lot of people at netflix being like or not a lot of people but just a few people at netflix being like well you know what who cares um it's out there uh okay mm-hmm. um so yeah, looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. Uh, John, where can people catch you uh, online? Um, uh, where would you like to be found? Yeah, hit me up on Twitter. Johnny Motion is my handle. Uh, drop me a line anytime. Always excited to riff uh, Formula One. And of course, uh, follow uh, our our podcast formally at, uh, at the F1 files on Twitter. That's right. That's right. Oh yeah. And where, John, where are you going to be watching, uh, uh, the race from where, where are you going to be watching it from? You know, uh, I don't, I don't have anything properly planned right now. I'll be figuring it out in the coming weeks. I was seeing there's an amazing formula one meetup group in New York city that link up at a, at a bar on 32nd street, uh, uh, which is like right around the yeah, corner from we, where I used to work in the city. We went to that. We've, we've been there. Um, yeah, yeah. Think, yeah uh, it's, yeah. it's right next door to stout. It's Fela. Uh, yeah. um, so, uh, that's, that's always fun. Anyone in the New York Metro area should certainly consider, looking into that uh but i may also just you know post up here in uh in new jersey at at my place uh you know and uh just sort of soak it in off to see maybe pull some some family into the mix i got yeah. you know some 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 folks in the fam that are that are diehard fans uh and you know we'll see we'll see how it all goes but i'm i'm looking forward to it, it should be exciting to see it all play out and hopefully we can start to get a sense of what what the whole season's gonna gonna have ahead for us Corey, where can uh where can folks follow you out in the world uh i am burn Corey burn on all of the social media stuff uh find me on instagram posting uh my exploits uh out in the world and then just a whole bunch of nonsense uh now that i'm back in los angeles um, and then also on Twitter, you can catch me at burn Corey burn, where I tweet mostly, 
um, jokes and stupid stuff. Uh, and then a little bit about uh, F1, too. Um, uh, I do post much to the chagrin of the people who enjoy my stupidness uh, on Twitter. I also <laughs> post some Just, random yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. the that's the beauty of being a Formula One fan in the United States is, uh, you know, yeah. once you try and cross your streams, it just confuses the hell out of everybody. Yeah, no one gets it. Um, no one gets it. But uh, there are a few people who tend to engage with it. Some people in the comedy community, some people who are just like random. I'm, I'm saying it's up and it's coming. Amazing. It's up and coming. Yeah. It's building yeah, yeah, yeah. up. I'm trying yeah. to get, you know, I'm, I'm trying to break down a couple a couple of the like local dads that I, that I roll deep with and trying to, you know, get some of them interested and they've been curious and listening to the podcast and starting to, I know, literally, oh, so, so what is this? It's just like NASCAR, right? And it's, oh, you motherfucker. It's not, but I, but check it out though. I don't mean to be disparaging, but mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you <laughs> shaking my fist at no one. Um, all right, well, folks, catch up with us the next time on the F1 files. I'm okay. trying to make, I'm trying to make the, there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited about this. It let me like load the files in and everything. And I was like, oh.